this is weird, I have to tell you. <laughs> I'm a little so Mark's yeah. here, and he feels weird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Where Accountants Go, the Accounting Careers Podcast. I'm Mark Goldman, a CPA, and your host for this show, usually. Well, this is very surreal, but this is episode 200 for Where Accountants Go. I can't believe it, but we started back in 2016 and just you put enough time behind a weekly show and I guess eventually you creep up to episode 200. Well, today is going to be a little different. We have a guest for you. I guess a special guest. It's a little unusual. It's me. I'm going to confess, I stole this idea for doing a reverse interview, if you will, from a mix of sources. First of all, I've had a few guests that after the interviews suggested that they wanted to know more about my background and perhaps I should be interviewed for the show. And honestly, I always thank people for that and sort of just put it on the back burner. I figured maybe someday, I don't know, I'm really not that comfortable with that. But episode 200 just seemed like we should do something a little different. And then recently, I confess there again, I'm a podcast junkie a little myself. One of the shows that I really enjoy was doing one of their milestone episodes, and they did a similar situation where someone else was brought in to interview the normal host. So I decided maybe it was time for me to get on the other side of the microphone. So then the question becomes, who in the world do you invite to do the interview of yourself? Now, one of the benefits of being the host is I got to make that invitation. And honestly, there was one person that just stood out in my mind that would be the perfect individual for this task. And thankfully, she said yes. Sarah Elliott of Intend to Lead has been an absolute blessing to the show. She has referred so many people. She was one of the original guests on the show. And frankly, she's just given me some good insights overall into the professional world. And, And she's made me think about my own career. So I thought she would be a wonderful individual to invite to interview me for this episode, episode 200. And thankfully, she said yes. So today will be a little different. I have to tell you, it was something I wasn't really comfortable with once we got into it, but I hope you find some value in this. We're going to talk about how the podcast started, some of my own background, and then some other career insights and things like that as well. Well, with that, I guess we better go ahead and get started. Here's our guest for today. It's me, Mark Goldman. Hello, Mark. Welcome to your show, the Where Accountants Go podcast. <laughs> Hello, Sarah. This is weird, I have to tell you. <laughs> I'm a little so Mark's <laughs> here, and he feels weird. Well, listeners, surprise. If you haven't already noticed, we're doing something different today. I am not Mark Goldman. I am Sarah Elliott. And today, to celebrate the 200th episode of the Where Accountants Go podcast, I have the distinct pleasure of interviewing your podcast host, Mark Goldman. And personally speaking, this is such a treat for me. Mark interviewed me back in December 2017, and that was my very first podcast interview. 
And since then, I've become a follower and big fan of this show and the great work that Mark does as the founder of MGR Accounting Recruiters. And I'm grateful to call him a friend as well. And I remember being nervous during my first interview with Mark. And I'll admit to you all that I'm a bit nervous now. There's a certain level of pressure when you're interviewing the expert interviewer. But I promise I'll do my best today. And my mission is to help you get to know the amazing man behind this podcast. So Mark, why don't we start with this podcast since that's what we're celebrating today, 200 episodes. How are you feeling right now in this moment as we record this 200th episode of Where Accountants Go? I'm sorry, I'm waiting for the amazing man behind the podcast to show up. So that's why I was being silent there for a moment. <laughs> well, gather him up, you know, because he's within, my friend. Oh, my gosh. Honestly, it's surreal, I think, is the right term for it. Yeah, it's surreal. It's hard to believe that we've had 200 shows, and then also it's hard to believe I agreed to do this or <laughs> to be on the other side of the microphone. <laughs> This was a suggestion by a few listeners, and at the time I thought, oh, no, 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 but episode 200 seemed like it might be the right time. So thank you very much for agreeing to chat the hard questions. I appreciate that. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure and an honor. So Mark, did you actually imagine yourself here recording episode 200 when you first started the podcast? I'm curious, you said the word surreal. So how does the reality of today compare with what you imagined when you started this show? It really is difficult to believe 200. Actually, in my mind, in a lot of ways, 200 doesn't seem that big. But when I think about all the time that has passed in producing those 200 shows, and I think about all the different guests that we've had on the show, it just boggles my mind to believe that we've done 200 shows. When you start a podcast, the podcast gurus out there in the world will tell you that you need to record at least three programs because it has to do with Apple ranking and things like that. And so you record at least three shows. And so I did that and I had a couple more lined up. But honestly, I didn't plan past guest number 10 or so when I first started the show. I thought, well, we'll put the first three out there and get a couple more in the hopper and see what happens. And so to think that we've actually made it this long and been blessed with this many guests that have been willing to share their stories with the audience is just, yeah, like I said, it's surreal. I get a little giggly when I think about it. I'm very honored that many people have shared their stories with us. Yeah, 200 stories and you get to be number 200. I find it fascinating that you said you really didn't think beyond 10. And isn't that interesting how we accomplish big things? It's, it's baby step by baby step. So I imagine you just kept going. You do 10 and then you get 20 and then pretty soon you're passing 50 and then 80 and you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, there's all these, oh my gosh, you know, and I can't believe it's been this long. And then 200 sneaks up on you. And so yeah, it's been a wild ride for sure. Well, why did you start the ride? Why did you start this podcast, Mark? Just raw story of it was that I was sitting with a friend in a restaurant. We were going to be launching a new website. He's an accountant here in the city where I live. And I had been doing a blog for a long time. And I was telling him about the plans for the new site and what we were going to have on there and that kind of thing. And I was talking to him about the blog topics we were going to have, but I just wasn't feeling exciting. And I told him, you know, I'm trying to think of something new, something different. And he says, well, what about a podcast? And this is a little embarrassing, but this is in 2016, early 2016. I was thinking, well, I, I actually don't know what a podcast is. I'm assuming that's something you play on Apple, <laughs> on Apple device of some kind. And I just wasn't in the podcast world at the time. And so he says, oh, yeah, there's some great shows out there. You should check it out. And after I downloaded the first one and listened to it, I thought, oh, my gosh. I don't even remember what show it was, but I thought, oh, my gosh, what a great medium. I need to do a podcast. And as luck would have it, there were not a lot of accounting career shows out there in the marketplace. There were technical shows, and there are some great technical shows out there. There was current events and things like that, but not a lot 
for accountants on career paths. And so that's how we got started, as simple as a little conversation in a restaurant. And it just sort of blossomed from there. Wow. So in 2016, you go from not really knowing what a podcast is to now today we're at episode 200. So wow, that's quite a journey that really proves that you can do anything if you set your mind to it. So what do you love most about hosting this show, Mark? This is going to sound cliche, but really it is the guest interviews. I have had just tremendous guests on the show. And I'm not saying that because we were able to get them on the show. I've been humbled by the individuals that have been open to sharing their time because it takes an hour just of recording time for each guest, not mentioning the whatever preparation they're doing on their side. I'm sure they're thinking about their own stories and how to best convey that on the show. And so, you know, we're talking about some very busy individuals, you know, partners at firms, managers in industry, in some cases, CEOs, in a lot of cases, small entrepreneurs where every minute counts or every hour counts. And so for them to share their time with us just really is very generous. It's very generous. And I'm the one that gets to be the initial benefactor of that. You know, I'm the one that hears all the great advice first. So honestly, I've come away with some good ideas, you know, on my own career and just balancing my own life from our guests. I feel very fortunate to share those on the front end. Oh, well, they benefit you and then you get to benefit all of us, right, who listen to these stories and that learning gets beautifully expanded. I like to think so. And I will tell you that the reality of the podcast world is sometimes it's a little lonely. You throw the content out there into the market and sometimes it's crickets, you know, but every once in a while, someone emails us or someone shares an episode online, social media, whatever, with a little comment about how it made a difference for them. And that makes it all worth it, really. Wow. And I'm willing to bet, Mark, that for every one person who actually reached out and shared or said something, there's many more that didn't, but feel that same way. So what a powerful gift to give to the accounting profession. So what have you learned from hosting the show, Mark? So you mentioned, right, that you get to benefit from the advice as well and just the stories of others. And even just, I imagine, from hosting the show itself, that whole process. What would you say are your biggest learnings to date or your biggest takeaways? I think one of the biggest takeaways is that some things really are a constant in the marketplace or some things really don't change. And what I mean by that is that as I got into interviewing all these wonderful guests, I figured, or you start to think that, oh, times have changed. The old skills don't matter as much. You you need to pick up new skills for your career to move forward. And particularly with all the news and feedback we hear about technology in the accounting space now. But listening to so many of the guests, you realize that, yes, all that's important, but it's it's still the, as, as people refer to them, the soft skills that really make a difference in one's career. It's still the finding your passion and finding what you're called to do, your calling, finding what you really enjoy. That's sort of timeless. So I've been reminded through doing all these interviews with with very successful people. There again, I'm humbled by the people that choose to share their stories with us, but I'm reminded that in a lot of cases, it really just does come down to the basics of working hard, doing your best, and developing communication skills and skills in those areas. And that's been refreshing, honestly. Yeah. Life's lessons sometimes are just the simplest things, right? But that doesn't mean that they're easy (laughs) to remember. So to get those reminders regularly, and maybe that's a good segue, Mark, because you mentioned passion, finding your passion, right? Finding what you love to do, that that's really been a common theme or common lesson that's come up. So why don't we shift gears and talk about your career path? What inspired you to pursue accounting in the first place? What was that passion that lit you up? Oh, this is so awkward being on the other side of the table. (laughs) (laughs) Now you know what it's like. (laughs) 
Oh, my gosh, my gosh. Well, my father was a CPA, and I may have alluded to that on some of the episodes. I'm not sure, but my father was a CPA, and by the time I was in middle school, he had his own practice. He had a few employees, and what it came down to is I was cheap labor for him. (laughs) (laughs) I've never had sort of a typical teenager job. I never worked in a restaurant or in retail or delivered a newspaper or that kind of stuff. At a very early age, I started working in my father's office. The very basic things like filing, learning how customer files are organized, then getting into data entry and common bookkeeping tasks, and then eventually tax returns. And so, frankly, was... I I shouldn't say forced into the industry because I could have chosen not to pursue it later on, but I grew up in it. And so it was a natural choice by the time I was making the choices as to what to major in in college. You grew into accounting. It was there. And how many years, Mark, were you actually in the practice of accounting? It was only a few years. And actually, that's the rest of the story, I guess. I, at the time, didn't realize how fortunate I was that my father gave me. You look back on it and go, wow. That really was an excellent start to my career, and I'm fortunate that I worked in it so early in life. I worked through middle school and through high school in his practice, and then in college. By the time I was in college, I was already doing basic tax returns, Schedule Cs, that kind of thing, and working with clients to do monthly bookkeeping. And In fact, I remember, kid you not, leaving my Principles 2 class early to go with a client to the bank to answer questions for a line of credit that we were getting for him. So I really had an accelerated time period, or really an accelerated sort of internship or education through that experience. I graduated and then continued to work in his practice for a little while. I was working on getting the CPA certification. And we could talk about this later, but I really wanted to get married. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't see that coming probably, but I did not. (laughs) Proceed. I'm curious. So I had been dating my high school sweetheart, now my wife, but high school sweetheart at the time, end of high school through college. By the time I was out of college, we were ready to get the rest of our life started. And I was still living at home at the time. And so I wanted to get the CPA certification out of the way, wanted to go out in the big world, start to build a bigger career and get married. And so consequently, I decided to look for employment elsewhere outside of my father's practice and ended up in basically like a government contracting job. And I hated it. I was there for about a year, I think, and I apologize to people that work in the government contracting space. It just from doing taxes and write-up work to sitting at the same desk the whole time and not seeing anyone else other than the two people that had cubicles next to me, it was very boring for me. And so I went out looking for a better job, ended up in a recruiter's office, and it was just a few weeks later that recruiter called me and said, hey, we've been looking for a CPA that might be interested in recruiting. What do you think? And as I tell people, they were looking for a CPA that was young and cheap, and I'm still one of those three now. So (laughs) I decided why not give it a shot and it's worked out now for over 20 years. So I did continue, by the way, to do taxes on the side for, I don't know, six or seven years until finally it just didn't make sense to do that anymore on my own. But yeah, so a few years full-time and then a lot of part-time after that. But eventually I hung that up and went full-time in employment or full-time in recruiting. Wow. So recruiting found you. So you actually went to a recruiter to help you find a different job. (laughs) They recruited you to become a recruiter. Yes, yes. Now, I joke, they did send me out on one interview and I didn't get the job. And so they probably figured there's nothing else they could do with this guy other than hiring themselves. And so, yeah, I'm sure that was it. (laughs) Well, they saw something in you, right? They saw something in you. So, what do you think that was, Mark, that they saw in you back then that indicated you were well suited to this job, to this role? 
Well, from what I understand, they liked that I had worked directly with clientele in public accounting in my father's practice. I sat directly across from the client. These are the older days when we'd sit there and do their tax return and that kind of thing. So I think they liked that people exposure, the customer service experience, if you will. Now, I'm not sure, honestly, if they were so happy the first six months or so, because I had a slow start in, in the profession. Recruiting is much different than doing accounting. And so I had a little bit of a slow start, but there's probably a lesson in there as well that stick with it and keep working and things will work out all right, because it did. But I think that's what it was, is they liked the fact that I had dealt with almost like a B2B sales kind of role, doing people's tax returns and things like that. Interesting. So you alluded to some challenges from making that shift from accounting to recruiting. So I'm curious, what did you find toughest about making that career change? Recruiting is very sales oriented. Now, the longer you're in it, if you fortunate enough, you develop repeat clients and you develop a customer base, if you will, that kind of thing. But when you're first getting started and no one knows you, there's a lot of cold calls involved. There's a lot of looking for work, looking for searches to work on. And that for someone with a background in accounting, <laughs> that sales aspect can be a little daunting. And yeah, that was the challenge in the early days. I did overcome it. And as they say, the rest is history. But in the beginning, it was a big challenge. It was a big challenge. I remember thinking, is this going to work out? And just hoping to make it a little while longer, but it did work out in the long run. And honestly, I love what I do for a living. I very much enjoy the employment business, the recruiting business. And then obviously I own my own company now. And so that a lot of joy comes with that as well. I love the business. Definitely. What do you love about it, Mark? And I can hear that energy shift in your voice. It lights you up. So what is it about the work that lights you up? So once you get past the first time period, whatever that is, for some individuals, maybe it's just six months, for some it's a few years. But once you get past that, getting to know people and developing some clients and that kind of thing, then it really does turn more into consulting. And so it's that joy of consulting where you've helped someone fix their problem and they're thanking you for it. And you're making a living doing that service. And I think what makes it doubly good in recruiting is that we get that experience with the employer, but then also if things are done right, we are also getting that experience with the job candidate. It's wonderful to be talking to someone that is super happy because they were just able to start a new job that you helped them find. And then at the same time, you're talking to the employer and they're super happy because you helped them fill a position that they were having difficulty filling. And probably, I'm sorry, I get excited about this, but the only thing that's better than that is when that conversation is happening two or three years down the road, and it's just been a wonderful ride for both sides. So those are special moments for sure. Yeah, it feels very relationship-driven and relationship-focused for you. Well, that and the service. It truly is. People say don't take things personally. I take it all personally in this business because I care. I want individuals to be happy with their choices, whether it's the employer making a decision to hire someone or the job candidate making a decision where to go. It affects their life. And so, yes, I take it very seriously and personally. I want it to work out for everybody. Yeah. So it's personal to you and it feels to me like you bring your heart to it. And I think connecting dots from something you said earlier, right? You said when you first made the shift into recruiting, the biggest challenge was the sales piece, right? Feeling like you were out there selling, making cold calls, which by the way, I think some listeners were probably quaking in their boots when they were imagining if they had to do that themselves, right? But it sounds like you've been able to make a bridge from sales to really serving and connecting with people and bringing that heart to what you do. And I know there are a lot of recruiters out there in the world, and I know that this differentiates you, at least through my eyes, right, that heart that you bring to what you do. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. That'll probably be the clip that we use for this show. <laughs> That's too sweet. Aww. 
It's true. I can hear the heart in your voice, right? When you talked about the relationship, it's one, the joy that it brings you to see a happy candidate being placed in a role that is their life, right? It's such a big part of who we are, what we do. And right in a happy employer who's just thrilled to find the right fit. And then you said even two, three years down the road, it's even better when one, you maintain those relationships and two, those people are still both or those entities, right? Are both happy. That's wonderful. Thank you. So what do you find challenging about the work, Mark? I mean, right, we're all on this journey. We're all learning and growing every day. So right here, right now, what do you find most challenging about your work? That's a very appropriate question for these times we're in. The most difficult thing for me about the employment world, the recruiting world, is there's inevitably always additional people that we'd like to help that we can't. Friends that are looking for a new job or a better job that you'd like to help, but you just don't have the right opportunity. And obviously, we're in this coronavirus time period as we're recording this. And so we've seen a little bit of an increase in people looking for new opportunities due to that. But then also, this circles back to the podcast, because when you ask me why I started the podcast, I can't honestly say it was part of the master plan in the beginning because there wasn't that much of a master plan in the beginning. (laughs) But it's been one of the nice side effects or benefits is that I've been able to reach out and help more people than we can simply through placing them in a new job through the podcast. That helps me address that challenge because there's always more people I want to help. And by putting something out like this, like a podcast, we can bring other experts to help those individuals, whether it's helping them find more happiness in their current job. Maybe they just needed to hear from someone else that it was okay to do something different. Or maybe they love what they do and they're just having difficulty with that CPA exam and they needed to hear from just one other person that (laughs) passed (laughs) or advice from someone else that struggled. And that's something I'm able to do from the podcast. And so that's just been a nice, pleasant, unexpected benefit after effect is what I was going to say, but an unexpected benefit of producing the show because it's really filled some of that void for me. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate how you've taken that, that challenge of wanting to help more, feeling like for whatever reason you can't, and then to be able to pivot from there and create a platform that really helps people in new and different ways than you had imagined when you started. So that's just a really powerful testament to what you've been able to create. And I know I, for one, am really grateful that you have created this. Thank you. You've been instrumental, but we can talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) I want to ask you a question about entrepreneurship, Mark. So at some point in your career journey, right, you were doing recruiting and then you took a leap and started MGR Accounting Recruiters. So what was it like to actually make that leap? And I want the real scoop, right? Not the shiny, (laughs) happy story, but the real story behind making that leap. What was amazing about it and what was tough about it? I was walking in a field out in the country, and there was this bright light in the sky. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, wrong answer. <laughs> wrong answer. Wrong answer. Okay, that may not have been how it happened. <laughs> you weren't running slow motion through the field. <laughs> exactly, towards the light. Oh, my gosh. So as I alluded to, there are some challenges in the industry sometimes. Just the economy goes up and down. And I've been through a few recessions now. And so we had just passed the dot-com bubble bursting and 9-11 happening. The next couple of years after that were just were very difficult in the industry. And I was working with some people I knew at the time, but it was taking a lot out of me. I got burned out. And this was in recruiting, by the way. And I decided to get out of the business. And I was fortunate in that a friend of mine was hiring in a a non-related area and he got my foot in the door. And so for about three years, I worked outside of the recruiting industry. And I had a good time, but 
after the first six months or so and sort of the newness and the vacation effect wore off, I started missing the business. And this was before we had children. I found myself on the weekends dreaming, well, what if I had my own business? What would that look like? And I found myself developing the forms and the databases and things like that that you need to operate a recruiting business. And so it sort of became my hobby to create all these systems for a few years. And then eventually I ran out of projects to do the startup. And it came down to, well, I'm ready to launch if I want to launch. Do I really want to launch? I'll never forget this, actually. We were about to adopt our first child. And I remember talking to my friend on the phone, one of my best friends in the world, best man in my wedding, saying that, you know, I've had this dream, but I'm not going to do it because we're about to adopt and I need to focus on that. So that was that. We go forward with the adoption process, adopt the child, and we are parents just for maybe a month or two. And I called my buddy back and I'm like, I think I'm going to do it. He's like, what? I thought... (laughs) My wife said, now is as good a time as any. She's on board. I really need to take this step. I need to prove to myself whether I can do it or not because it's haunting me otherwise. And so that was that. Within about two months, I had an executive suite rented. I had all the business cards and all that kind of stuff taken care of. And I started the business in about a 140 square foot little office. I was smart enough to get one with a window so I wouldn't be too depressed. But yeah, that was the beginning of MGR. Thank goodness we found some searches to work on quickly and it blossomed from there. But yeah, that's how the decision was made. Wow. What's interesting about that is it was there in the back of your mind or even the front of your mind as you're creating all the systems and processes. But it sounds like you almost kind of tricked yourself into thinking, well, this is just a hobby just in case this is interesting. And then, right, and then it sounded like that little tapping within you got louder and louder and said, it's time. It's time for you to do this. So it sounds like you were becoming a father and starting a business at the same time. Wow. So total transformation, yeah? Yeah. You're not supposed to lump all those major decisions together in the same few months, but I did. It ended up working out. It really did become, I either need to do this or I need to totally forget about it because it's driving me crazy trying to live in both worlds at this point. So yes, it was a major decision, but thank goodness it worked out. Wow. So you made the leap on several levels. You decided to just go all in, right, on parenting, on business ownership, and it worked out for you. So just curious, any reason why you think that was? I mean, you bit off a lot at one time. So what do you think allowed you to succeed with that? Well, two things. I am a person of faith first, and and actually, let me come to that second. But I was well, no, come to that first. I was really thinking this through, praying about it. Is this really the right time? And I talked to a friend of mine who's another CPA here in town, who has his own practice. And I said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What are your thoughts? And actually, we had lunch to discuss this. And his wife just happened to come along. And he's giving me all this business advice, which was all good. And she said one thing. She said, well, I think the most important thing for you to do is call some people you know and make sure you're going to have some customers. <laughs> And I thought, that's a great idea. (laughs) I know that may seem basic. (laughs) I figured out all the systems. I just hadn't figured out the revenue part. And so I made a few calls. And every sign I got, if you will, was a yes, go. Literally, the first five people I talked to, four of them told me yes, they would want to use my services. And the fifth one said I would, I'm just not in a hiring position anymore. So that was all pretty good. And then when I told people in my personal life the same thing that was thinking about doing this, I got all resounding yeses. And then probably the biggest thing was after all that's coming in, then I reflected on what my wife had said. Because Initially, I was thinking, I'm becoming a parent. Is this really the right time? And when I told her, her first 
reaction was, now? You know, we're just becoming parents and you want to do this. But then literally the next day she said, you know, I've been thinking about it and now is the perfect time to do it because if this works out, then this is going to give us a lot more freedom that we hope for, which that's a whole other story, I guess, but a lot more freedom that we hope for. And you know, if it doesn't work out, you can always go back and get a job. So she was totally behind me as well. Wow. It sounds like you had a lot of people who believed in you. I really did. I have been just blessed with some great mentors, frankly, some great bosses. Even my boss in that job I quit, he wished me luck. He said, I hate to see you leave, but yeah, go for it. I think it's a great idea. I've really been very fortunate to have a lot of supportive people in my life. Yeah. It makes such a difference, doesn't it, Mark, when we have someone who believes in us and sees possibilities. Sometimes it can just be enough to give us that little extra nudge of confidence to do the bold and scary thing. Yes. You had that in your own story as well. (laughs) I did. Parallels here. So how long have you been running MGR Accounting Recruiters now, Mark? How many years has it been? Started right at the beginning of 2007. So I believe we're in our 14th year. 13, yeah. About 14 years. More than halfway through year 14. Wow. So that's a lot of years. And even the recruiting you did before you ran your own shop, I imagine you've seen a lot of accountants pursuing their own career path. So I'm curious out of all those years experience, where do you see accountants struggle the most in finding their career path? And what nugget or two of wisdom do you want to share with them? First, yes, I did calculate at one point, and this is several years ago, that I had interviewed over 10,000 accounting professionals. Oh my gosh, wow. (laughs) That's a lot of people to talk to. 10,000 different accountants. Oh, yes, yes. Wow. Phone interviews, in-person interviews, now Zoom, but this was long before Zoom. So, yes, you have to talk to a lot of people in this business, which is wonderful. But to answer your question, I think the biggest challenge, it sort of goes along with the entrepreneurial question, or I can see it applying there as well. Really, it's giving ourselves permission to pursue plan B. Most of us, really, I believe the vast majority of us, get out of school and we have a master plan. Accountants by nature, we like to know what to expect. We're planners. We prepare well. And so when that preparation and that master plan doesn't come to fruition, when you're in that accounting firm and you realize, I'm not going to be partner, or maybe I don't want to be partner, or you get in industry and, "Mm, yeah, it just doesn't feel right. Or maybe even for some students, when they've been brought up, if you will, in accounting to believe that what you do is you go to work for a national firm first, period. That's what you do. When that master plan doesn't work out, even when we know it doesn't fit us, even when we have that funny feeling inside that it doesn't fit us, I think the biggest challenge for we in the accounting profession is to let go of that master plan and listen to that inner voice that's saying you would be happier over here or this may be good for Sarah or this may have been good for Brian or Mark, but that's not the path for you. Your path is this. I think listening to that inner voice and giving ourselves permission to act on it really is one of the biggest challenges because I'll sit with people in interviews and discuss, well, we'll talk about all these things that aren't working and they'll be telling me about things they do enjoy. I'm like, well, have you ever thought of this? Oh, well, no, accountants don't do that. Well, wait a minute. Why? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. So I think really just giving yourself permission to go out on a limb sometimes or what you may think is a limb and pursue something that's a little different. Wow. That's really powerful advice there, Mark. What I'm hearing is, ooh, it's okay to let go of the plan, to let go of the carefully crafted spreadsheet that it's probably documented in somewhere, to (laughs) let that go, right, and give ourselves permission to really explore possibilities and to really connect with who we truly are at our core, right? We're each unique human being. So how can we connect to that 
tune in and say, what's the path for me? Not the path that I thought I was supposed to be on. Not Mark's path or Sarah's path or anyone else's, but my path. And to find that path, we each have to do that for ourselves, don't we? And thank goodness that they have you, Mark, to, right, to help them, to help embolden them or encourage them to find that voice and to listen to that voice. Thank you. I will say that once you start being open to that voice, once you tune yourself into that, you start to realize there's actually a lot of, of cheerleaders out there that will encourage you to go that route. I mean, I may be one of them, but there are a lot of them out there. You just have to tune yourself into that positive reinforcement, and it is there for you. Yeah, it shows up when you need it, doesn't it? Exactly. I feel the same from my own experience, and I do my best to be that cheerleader for others, right? And we show up when you need us, so you got to tune in, open your eyes, and look. Yes. Okay, Mark. Well, I want to shift from business, Mark, to the human behind MGR Accounting Recruiters and the Where Accountants Go podcast. And of course, you bring the beautiful human self that you are to all the work you do. But I'd love to share with your listeners a little bit more about you. So who are the most important people in your life, Mark? I'm sorry. You didn't tell me we're going to talk about personal stuff on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. I'm going to put you on the hot seat. (laughs) Oh, the most important people. Well, like I mentioned, obviously, I married my high school sweetheart, and we've been married over 25 years now. Got married right after college, and gosh, I am so fortunate. When you're married that long, people think it's just you get married and, oh, happiness for 25 plus years, and both of you change a lot over that time period, and so I just continue to enjoy seeing the person she has become and continues to become. I mean, people joke about the patience. I am very fortunate that my wife has been very patient with me many times and over many mistakes in my life, so. Yeah, Sayuki, definitely the most important. I have a daughter, and actually, really, this is what I do outside of work. I'm very much a family man. I have a daughter. We're actually foster parents and have been now as well for about two and a half years. We've been helping out one infant at a time through the foster care system here in Texas. So, yeah, when I go home, it's more about some cooking, some cleaning, some changing a diaper, (laughs) going to cross-country practice. It's all family kind of related stuff. That hobby I talked about on the weekends of developing systems and processes, that went out the window a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not planning another business on the side right now, are you? No, or at least not during the family time. So yeah, definitely my immediate and I guess my extended family as well. But yeah, most importantly, my wife. Yeah. And your daughter, how old is your daughter, Mark? She is 14. And actually, you heard me say cross country. She's very active in cross country and I enjoy running. And so that's been just an extra gift as well that she took that up and enjoys it because that's something we can do together. Oh, that sounds amazing. And being a foster parent, wow. What a beautiful gift to give, and I imagine it can feel rewarding, but also challenging at times. Is there anything you'd like to share with us about what that experience is like? Well, I will say the world needs more foster parents, (laughs) unfortunately, but the world does need more individuals that are willing to care for a child that they did not give birth to. And it is one of the most challenging things we do (laughs) because you're also working within the system. There's a lot of reporting and different visits, people coming to your house and checking on the welfare of the child and that kind of thing. And then, of course, you need to take care of whatever that child's needs are. And children don't get in the system because they have no needs. They've been through something traumatic Mm -hmm. to be in the system in the first place. However, at the end of the day, though, you look at that child. Ours have all been infants, but you look at that child and there's not much more beautiful than that Mm -hmm. little baby. And it's all worth it in the end. And I know that sounds sappy, but it's the truth. You get tired out by the system, but then you look at that child and that child smiles and wow, that just makes it all worth it. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful, Mark. I didn't mean to make you you cry on this podcast. No, I... (laughs) 
it's a beautiful thing that you do. And the average length of time that you'll have a baby at your home, is how long is that? Actually, so at the moment, we are caring for the sixth child that's been through our house in almost three years. There really hasn't been an average time. We've had a few that have been three to four weeks in our house. They're called emergency placements where they're taken into care from the hospital because of something that's going on and they just need somewhere to go. And a family member hasn't stepped up yet and there will be one, but they just haven't stepped up yet. And unfortunately, the state had to get involved. And then our longest placement was... 15 months. And I'm not gonna lie to you, that is hard. (laughs) It's hard to let go after and we do because we believe that if the family is able to care for the child, that's where the child belongs. But yeah, you get attached, you get attached in that time period for sure. Yeah, of course. Wow, Mark. So you believe in a lot of people and you give to a lot of people that part of service and connection runs through all of your life. Thank you for being you. So, Mark, we know that outside of the work that you do, whether it's running, right, MGR or this podcast, you may be running with your daughter, spending time with your family, changing diapers, changing the world through being a foster parent. Tell me one thing about you that might surprise us. Well, the foster parent thing is probably the biggest I think another one, and there again, this falls in. Here I have a professional career podcast, and we're talking about all this personal stuff, so I, I feel we're <laughs> funny about it, but it's okay. It's not in that arena, but I talked about running a little bit. I enjoy running. I thoroughly enjoy running. And this may surprise people if they met me now or have heard me talk about that, but I was very much not athletic. I was nowhere near athletic going through school. To say I was pudgy would be kind, <laughs> referring to me in middle school and high school. I didn't have an athletic athletic bone in my body. And it showed in my health. And well, my wife got interested in supporting a local nonprofit, I guess about seven or eight years ago, that was doing a half marathon. And she had been a little more athletic through her life. And so she started training for this half marathon and with a big group and she did her first half marathon. And then so the next year, she started doing it again. And one morning, she was getting up early to go out and do her run. And I realized, Mark, you should man up and be supportive. And so I'll make a long story short, I got into running that way. And that was six or seven years ago. And you know, they say if you want to lose weight, if you'll just regularly exercise, it doesn't have to be a tremendous amount, but if you'll regularly exercise, that goes a long way. I am 75 pounds lighter than I was back then. So like literally, I've lost half a person. Wow. Or two small children, I mean, right? (laughs) (laughs) Two of my own children, maybe. Wow. Yeah. I didn't have an athletic mode in my body, and maybe I don't now either, but I got into it, and I like it, and it's fun. There's a mental benefit to it as well. It just releases a lot of positive feelings. I feel good about it afterwards, and it doesn't hurt that I just physically feel better. So I would have never thought I would have went down that road. (laughs) No pun intended, but I really enjoy it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, earlier, Mark, you mentioned this is a career podcast and we're talking about your personal life. And I know that I'm a firm believer that we are integrated human beings, right? We show up as one human being and who we are outside of work shows up through our work. And what I'm hearing through this story about your running is it helps you show up as a more full human being to the work that you do. And I know that through your work, you encourage others to bring their full selves to work, right? When they are exploring what their next career move is, you encourage them to live fully as themselves. And I think that's um, just a beautiful way to look at career, right? To look at it in that very whole human sense. 
Thank you. I really do believe that it makes you a better person at work if you have an outside interest. There's another gentleman that has a podcast, John Garrett. He's a very well-known speaker and comedian, and his whole philosophy is, what's your and? What else do you do other than work and how that makes us a better person? Yes. Yes, it does. Well, taking a page out of your book, Mark, to wrap up this interview, I know that you have three power questions that you use with everyone. So now it's your turn to answer your own questions. Are you ready? I knew this was going to come back to haunt me someday. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yes, I am ready. (laughs) You're ready. All right, here we go. Well, you know what they are, so here you go. The number one, what has been your proudest moment? All right, this is going to seem like I chose this answer just because of what the podcast is about. But really, it is passing the exam and becoming a CPA. But it's because of the memory that surrounds that as well. I mean, it has made a tremendous difference in my career. You get a lot of credibility when you pass the exam. And so that's been very beneficial. But my now wife, but at the time, girlfriend, soon to be fiance, if I could pronounce it, it would be okay, soon to be fiance, Say that five times fast. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) She threw a party for me, and it was a surprise party. And, you know, it had a big cake. Congratulations, new CPA. And I remember walking into the room, being surprised by the cake. And I knew there were going to be some other people there, but I didn't realize what it was. I thought it was just like a general get-together, some friends going out to dinner. And it just that solidified that moment in my memory, not just the specialness of passing the exam, but also the love of my life realized how important an accomplishment it was. And so that definitely, that time is definitely my proudest moment. I'll tell you what, Mark, from what we're learning about your wife, she sounds like a very special person and someone who's always believed in you and supported you and helped you create the life that you have, right? And to really live out your dreams. So she sounds amazing. So she's listening. Shout out to her. Thanks to her, right, for you being here today, Mark. Okay, now tell us about a mistake you made and what you learned from it, Mark. And in your own words, the bigger, the better. You know, there again, I always knew this question was going to come back to haunt me. Because this is where it's like, if you don't get honest enough, it just seems cheap and petty. Oh, my gosh. All right, here we go. Here we go. People may or may not be familiar with the story of the talents in the Bible. But there's a story where basically in the Bible, a master of some kind, a landowner or maybe royalty, but a master of some kind calls in three servants and he gives each one a different amount of money. And I'm not going to recount the whole story, but he gives each one a different amount of money, and it was called talents, to keep for a while while he left for a while. And so when he comes back, The first servant has invested the talents and gotten a return, and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. And the second one, same thing. He had less, but he still nonetheless invested it, and he got a return, and so the master was happy. And the third one came back and had not invested it, had done nothing, in fact, had buried it in the ground and gave him the exact amount of money back. And the master was angry, and the master was, he punished him for doing that. And I always thought that was such a cruel story and such a cruel way to act, and yet it's in the Bible. And I am a Christian of the Christian faith, and so I knew it was in there for a reason, but I never understood that. So the first three or four years in business with MGR, we had done very well. We had grown each year, and it was something like the fourth or fifth year that we were just doing phenomenally well. And with the recruiting firm, everything had come together, and frankly, we had 
made a lot of money. <laughs> we had done it financially very well that year. And I remember thinking, I, you know, this has never happened. I'm not sure what to do with this. And so I put it in a bank account and I let it sit there. And it sat there for a while and sat there for a longer while and sat there for a longer while. And I didn't do anything with it. I didn't invest it. I didn't pay it out in bonuses. I didn't do a scholarship. I didn't do anything. I didn't even spend it. I didn't do anything with it. And six months, eight months go by, I don't know, a year or something like that. period of time goes by and all of a sudden we started losing money. (laughs) And we lost, by the time it stopped, by the time I got it turned around, we lost exactly as much as I had literally, like within $1,000 of what I had saved during that time period. And through that, I learned the lesson that is, is in that parable in the Bible about the talents, or at least my understanding of it. We can't expect to be blessed or to be gifted or to thrive without the understanding that we need to do something with that gift. You can't pray for things to go well or wish for things to go well or whatever your belief is, work towards things going well and expect to achieve that and be able to just hold on to it and do nothing with it. It's still saying, too much is given, much is expected. And I really do believe that when you are given a gift, maybe it's money, maybe it's a talent, a skill, yeah, something you're good at. You can't expect to keep it if you're not going to somehow use it to benefit others. And now, so what I thought was a very cruel story, honestly, in the Bible, I've come to understand because I experienced it, and now I handle things differently. Yeah. Wow, what a powerful story. So really using the gifts that we're given, keeping that flow going, right? We've got to use them, invest them, and keep that abundance flowing. That's a good lesson for all of us, Mark, especially the conservative accountants (laughs) that want to hoard and save it, right? Oh, how can we invest it and amplify that and really keep that flow of abundance coming? Okay, Mark, what is the best advice you've ever received? Well, this is always a fun question, so I'm glad you didn't skip this one. Thank you. (laughs) It's something that my dad told me, and it's as simple as this, do what you enjoy. Like I mentioned earlier, my father was a CPA. I was brought up to be an accountant. Actually, what I didn't talk about too much earlier is that it was always understood that I was going to end up taking over his practice, and I didn't do that. I didn't end up doing that. And you would think in that situation that my father would have been disappointed. He would have thought maybe he did something wrong. Maybe I made a bad choice, what have you, all kinds of negative thoughts that may have have come along with that plan not working out. But my father was always happy for me that I had found something that I enjoyed as much or if not more (laughs) and that I was able to do well in it. So there again, I've been blessed to just be supported by many individuals in my life and my father, definitely one of them. He always told me, do what you enjoy. And that definitely has been the best piece of advice. Yeah, that connects to something you said earlier, right, Mark, about just having a passion, bringing that passion to what we do, really connecting with who we are and what that passion is. Oh, great advice. Great advice. So before we say goodbye, Mark, where can we find you? Obviously, we know where to find your podcast because we're here, but how do we find MGR Accounting Recruiters? And I know that this podcast is nationwide, gosh, probably worldwide. So let us know, who do you work with, Mark, if we're looking to work with you? Sure. Well, you give me many thoughts. Yes, we are very fortunate. We do have listeners literally all across the world. Most of them, of course, in the U.S., but there are pings from all across the globe, which is wonderful. The easiest way to find us is actually if you search for the term where accountants go in quotes, that's going to bring up the podcast, and the podcast is on a page on our website at MGR Accounting Recruiters, so that's probably the easiest way. But otherwise, just for the main page, it's M G R A R 
mgrar.com, mgrar.com, and to answer your question about who we help, so from a strictly from a placement standpoint, we work with people in the San Antonio and actually now reaching up into Austin area that are looking for a new position in accounting or employers that are looking to hire. However, and I say this on almost every episode, I'm open to talking to anyone about their career, and people reach out to me on LinkedIn all the time from other areas, and I am more than happy to help. In fact, I enjoy helping people with dilemmas in their career because it gives me that much more experience. And so it doesn't matter where you are. If you have a career issue you want to talk about in the accounting world, I'm happy to help. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for the impact you make through your work at MGR Accounting Recruiters, this podcast, 200 Stories to Inspire Others, and really most importantly for sharing yourself with us, right? Mark the human being, always serving, caring, and making it personal. Thank you for bringing your heart to so many careers beyond your own. And congratulations on 200. I look forward to doing this at 500 (laughs) or 1,000, but congrats, Mark. Thank you very much. And before we close, I want to thank you because most people don't know this, but probably up to half of the time when I say on the podcast that a guest was referred by another guest, I mean they were referred by Sarah Elliott because you have just been <laughs> so generous with the people you know. And you know a lot of cool accountants. So you really have blessed me. Well, it's a pleasure, Mark. It's always such a win-win for everybody, right? For amazing people to get to share their stories. It helps you. It helps all of your listeners. Oh, so many great stories out there. So it's always my pleasure. Thank you. That was my interview with Mark Goldman, founder of MGR Accounting Recruiters and your host of the Where Accountants Go podcast. It was interesting to me to hear how this podcast started, that Mark wasn't even familiar with podcasting when he started, yet he dived in and he did it anyway because he really wanted to reach more people. And today he's done 200 episodes. So what a great testament to having a vision, an idea, and making it a reality with consistent small steps over time. I also found it funny how Mark fell into recruiting by chance and it ended up being such a natural fit for him. So it's fun to hear that story about making the leap into recruiting and then his leap into entrepreneurship. I also really appreciated how much he shared with us. He really opened up about his personal life and what he's learned along the way. The heart that Mark brings and his spirit of service truly shine through, not only in his work, but in his entire life. I hope you've enjoyed this opportunity to learn more about and be inspired by the man behind the podcast. I know I certainly did. If there's anything Mark can do for you in your career, please reach out to him. I know he'll take great care of you and you can easily find him on LinkedIn. Just search for Mark Goldman CPA. Well, that's a wrap on episode 200. This has been Where Accountants Go, the Accounting Careers Podcast. Don't worry, Mark will be back again next week in his usual role as your host. And as Mark always says, there's more to come.